The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello everybody out there in podcast land, it's your boy B Dizzle and of course that means you're listening to We Watched A Thing with me and Tove. How you doing mate? Jeez, I was an afterthought then. <laughs> you are always a before thought, I promise. Right, a pre-thought. <laughs> yes, yes, you're always in my thoughts, thoughts and prayers. Good, good. I sound like someone who's, you know, had tragedy before them but that's great thoughts and prayers well hopefully you haven't had a tragedy before you because i picked the film this week so hopefully that's not a tragedy that you're referring to we're not we're not back Mm. on like tommy boy and and sphere and john carter reindeer games don't don't slander games uh so this week i did make you watch parenthood which is a 1989 american family comedy film with an ensemble cast that includes steve martin tom holes rick moranis martha plimpton joaquin phoenix Credited as Leaf Phoenix. Leaf, yes. Keanu Reeves, Jason Robards, Mary Steenbergen, and Diane Weist. And what is it about, Tove? It's in the title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess it absolutely is. <laughs> so, you you mentioned last week that you had seen this, but it had been such a long time. Rewatching it, did more of it come back to you? Do you feel like you actually remembered more than you did, or did it feel like a fresh watch? A, a lot of the scenes, like, as they would start, I'd be like, ah, yes. Yeah. I actually, for a film that I reckon I'd seen once, yeah, um, a lot of it had stuck. Oh, it sticks. Uh, th- this is what I love. I This was one of my childhood favourites and has stayed with me till today. This is one of those films that I could just about quote a fair amount of it, I reckon. I watched it so much as a kid and it has stuck with me so well. Did you enjoy your viewing? Uh, I did. Yes, this film is still funny. Isn't it? It's actually- I. Here's the thing for me. I had forgotten just how funny it was. Like, even though, as I said, I can quote a lot of it, I t- when I think of this film, I think of the dramatic elements. But it is a very, very, very funny film. <laughs> like, almost minutes in, you start laughing, and there's a laugh a minute, which is pretty rare for a comedy, particularly for a dramedy. <laughs> One thing, one thing I thought watching it again, not having seen it since I was a child, and like most people I know who have seen this film came to it as a child, like it was just a movie that most of us had seen. It's not a movie made for kids. Not at all. It's about, again, it's in the title. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a lot of adult stuff. I, I remember as a kid the dinner party scene where <laughs> the- the blackout happens and they find Diane Weist's vibrator. It's a big electric ear cleaner. <laughs> I remember having zero idea what was happening in that scene as a kid. <laughs> but I still watched it a lot and I laughed at everything. <laughs> Martin's reaction is just the best. He is it's an priceless. international treasure. It is, it is a shame that you could argue he's miscast in the film only because they do outright state in the first minute that he's 35 and he's very clearly a 44-year-old man. Yeah, which is particularly obvious given that Steve Martin was born aged 44. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he is brilliant in this film. I I would definitely venture to say this is his best performance. And the entire cast is incredible. Mary Steenburgen and him have such wonderful chemistry. Every all of the actors in this film have chemistry. You buy them as a family, I think, like very close. Like Rick Moranis, 
is so great in this film. And I really miss him. I miss Rick Moranis. <laughs> Plays a dick really well, actually, Moranis. He really does, yeah. Credit to the three siblings in the film who look absolutely nothing alike. Um, and so it's then it's on them. You, you've just got to buy their dynamic. Mm. Um, and it's, it's good. And they're actually, as far as child actors go, really, really good. Like, the ki- right at the beginning, the guy that is Gil in his little fantasy thing. Oh. That, that kid's really good. One of my favourite openings to a film ever. It's very, very smart in that that opening scene tells you everything you need to know about present day Gil before you even meet him. It is such a tight way of giving us that exposition by showing us that one moment in his childhood, you know, and the way that he's talking to the usher about how he's an amalgamation. Like, it's clear from the way the kid is talking that he's not a kid. So, when there's that reveal that it's, you know, I I just think that's such a smart opening to this film. You can tell that it's a fantasy straight away because- Something actually happens in a baseball game <laughs> right That's from the first it. shot. No, baseball is great. I dragged you to a baseball game once, mate. We had fun. Jeez. No, <laughs> we did not have fun. <gasps> Are you saying you didn't have fun? I had a good day. I had a good oh. day because we ate a lot of German food. We drove together. We had lots of German food. <laughs> it was good. Um, it's a shame there was a baseball game in the oh. middle of it. Oh, you bad egg. <laughs> Um, but speaking of the child actors, then the scene, you know, after that, when they're driving home and the diarrhea song, which was such a huge part of my childhood, and I could sing, I think, up to 10 verses of that song even today. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is where, right, so this is where we got it from. Yeah. Went through my head because, yes, we yeah, we did that song a lot. Did, did it hit you differently? I think the one scene that really hit me differently this time, and I've, I've watched it since having kids. I've watched it many times, but my kids are kind of at that age now. The scene where he's putting, you know, where his six-year-old girl or however old she is is sick and he goes in and, and she just spews on him, <laughs> I think- her acting in that scene is actually top notch. It, as a parent, when she said, I'm sick, daddy, my heart kind of hurt a little. And then you get that amazing comedic timing where Mary Steenburgen comes in and Steve Martin's like, yeah, I'm waiting for her head to spin around. That's what it's like as a parent. Like, it's just finding that balance of how do I laugh at this? <laughs> the kids in the car doing the song. Like, as, a ki- as, as kids, we thought it was hilarious because- you know, gross stuff. Yeah. Now it's funny because kids are animals. Yeah. Oh, and Steve, where did you learn that song? Summer camp. That was money well spent. <laughs> the way he says that. <laughs> I do like in the um, in the lead-in bet- between the ballpark and the car, we get, you must have liked this, a Randy Newman song. Well, Randy Newman, that song was nominated for best song at the Oscars. Lost, lost to the Little Mermaid. Great song. Can you be can you be taken to court for plagiarizing yourself? <laughs> because it's you've got a friend in me. I know it is. I know it literally Four is. Years, six six years later, Randy yeah. Newman dusts that song off and goes, Oh yeah, I'll just hand that in again. <laughs> and probably got paid well for it. <laughs> Randy did the whole score for this movie though, and I love the score to this film if we can tick off some Billy Bingo. Um I think that it's Perfect for the film. I remember nothing else about the score. Yeah, that sounds like you. That tracks. 
<laughs> On the cast, little Joaquin absolutely crushing it in one of his first roles. Yeah, it turns out he was always good. Yeah, he's much better in this than he is in Joker. <laughs> um, but, you know, back on that chemistry, like, he doesn't look like Martha Plimpton and he doesn't look like Diane Weist, but they have really great chemistry together. And the scenes between him and Weist, especially early on where she's like, hi, Gary. Bye, Gary. <laughs> like, one of my favourite scenes is when uh, when his sister says that she's moving out and, and, and she just says bye to Gary. You've upset your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Weist's use, constant use of of these same two words throughout the film is been, and she is for me she's best on ground. Um, she's yeah, right. phenomenal. Well, she was nominated. She was Oscar nominated for it. Um, she's brilliant. Her work in the scene where little Leaf Phoenix calls his dad, and she's just oh. like she doesn't have any lines. She's just got a react to what's going on is just oh Jesus good stuff. Yeah, heart. So this is between nineteen eighty nine, this would be between her two Oscar wins, I think. Um just crushing it. Yeah, heartbreaking scene. The way for me that this film blends the comedy and the drama is almost unmatched, I think. You know, there's another scene quite early on when um you know, Kevin has lost his retainer and Gil and Mary Steenburgen are, are, are looking for it in the trash. And, you know, Steve Martin's kind of freaking out. Why, why is he like this? Why is he, you know, and like, well, we can see where he gets it from. And then they have that conversation about how hard parenthood is. And it's it's just brilliant. It's beautiful. That kid sucks. <laughs> He's kind of meant to, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> There's at least one thing about this, the film that maybe hasn't aged that well. Ha-ha school shootings. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. It's 30, still kind 30 of odd funny, years on. Though. You made me Jesus play second Christ. base. <laughs> like, as a parent, they're the kind of things that you worry about and fantasize about. I worry all the time about my kids and what they're going to be like when they're older. Because kids are animals. Like, <laughs> so yesterday, my kids were out there playing with the neighbors. And I hear one of the neighbor's kids just start screaming and crying the little one, the four-year-old, had kicked her big sister in the face. And I just heard her yell out, that's what you get, Piper. <laughs> oh. And it's so hard not to laugh at it. You have to go out there and, you know, <laughs> it's really hard. But, yeah, they're the kind of things you worry about. I loved those back-to-back fans. But then how good was the moment when you realised it wasn't your kids? Ah, oh, best, because it usually is my kids. <laughs> So, I got to be the judgy one. <laughs> that must have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a question? And it might make me sound dumb. This is another thing that I think dated the film. In every 80s and 90s film, there was a dad who wanted to make partner at his firm. No matter what kind of work he did. He could be a mechanic and the film would centre on him wanting to make partner. Correct. What is making partner? I don't know what it means. <laughs> Look, I've never been in a position 
to make partner, so I can't give you a, a, a great. So you clearly answer. weren't a working professional in the eighties or nineties then, because that's well, what yeah, they true. all wanted to do. Yeah, make partner and do blow. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but you know, yeah, how law firms are like Mitchell, Smithington, and Johnson. So they're the partners, are they? So you would. But get then your name. there are other partners who don't like get their name on there. But are still, I don't know. Well, then what's special you get, about you get it? A better, I don't know. You get a better office. Maybe you get a cut more of profits blow? as well <laughs> as just a salary. Probably more cocaine. <laughs> yeah, it's just it just seems to be a thing. And for me, it, when as soon as he said that, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. But that happens in every single movie from the eighties or nineties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then they threatened them with the feds coming and taking over the investigation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything you would fan edit out of the film? No, actually. And I was surprised when I hit play on it today, I'd forgotten that it was over two hours long. And in my head, I was like, no, this is a 90 minute film. It flew by for me. And there's not a single thing I'd cut out of it. I think that it's the way that it manages to juggle so many characters yeah, like, who would you argue? I mean, I guess you'd say Rick Moranis's family has the least screen time. I think it's balanced perfectly well. I think that the amount of time you spend on each storyline is is pretty strong. Is there anything you'd fan edit out? It sounds like you asked the question because maybe there is. The purpose of this character makes sense, and because it's not about him, Larry. But every scene with Larry is a bit of a slog. Yeah. Okay. And obviously. Okay, yes. What we're saying is that parenthood doesn't end when the kids hit 15. It doesn't end when they move out of a home. Like, it's still going on. Yeah. But fucking hell. (laughs) I I do find the Larry plotline a drag. Yeah, okay. I mean, as you say, I I do think it is necessary to the film to show that kind of next layer and next level. And so, it doesn't bother me so much. I do agree that he's- It's the weakest of all of the plot lines. Mm. Some of it's Larry's haircut. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Which not is, what you want. It's very similar to Mary Steenburgen's. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> okay, here's a question. Because if you cut out the Larry plotline, you cut out the only person of colour in the film. Hmm. So, that's, that'd, be a, that'd be a rough thing to do. In, in 1989, was it, like, a good diversity thing that, yeah, like, of course, this kid- this guy's kid doesn't have to be white or, and I hope I'm wrong about, I'm hope I'm wrong about You think about it's this. kind of a racist thing because it's a, you know, unstable. As, as like thing. a look how off the rails Larry is. I hope it's not that. I don't see it that way. Um, I don't think it's either, to be honest. I think it's, and that's actually what I quite like about it. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be progressive or like it's making a statement on Larry being off the rails. It's just Look, kind of Look, I don't think life. it does in 2021, I, but I do wonder about 1989. Hmm. Uh, oh, the other, the other uh, there is another edit I would make, and that is Rick Moranis getting his wife back. One, because I don't like the scene. Um your wife is at work and you're just being making her look deeply unprofessional by singing very badly in her classroom. Like, firstly, fuck off. And secondly, she should ditch him. Yeah. So she I'd get rid sh- of that. She should. Yeah. That's fair. But I mean, it's 89. You've got to have a happy ending for everybody. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, there's Coke. <laughs> yeah, it's tr- just- and then the film with Rick Moranis' wife in bed with just a mountain full of Coke. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> Can I ask you a question? What kind of kid has their initials burned into a hammer? <laughs> That's That was pretty convenient, wasn't it? It was very convenient because I don't think I ever met a kid who had a hammer they loved so much that they burned their initials into it. And if I did meet a kid like that, I'd probably be a little bit worried. <laughs> you know who might do it? Speaking of you might be worried, you know who might do it? And this, maybe it's just because I'm on a Randy Newman thing. Sid. Yeah. Sid Sid from next door. Yes, but you'd be worried about Sid from next door. Oh. I guess he, I guess you're meant to be worried about Gary, so maybe it kind of tracks. Like, he's a bit yeah. of a troubled kid. He loves his hammer. But <laughs> I just think it's, it's very convenient and it's very weird. Yes, the hammer of convenience is awfully convenient. <laughs> Speaking of kids again, I said, I actually admitted that a child in a film was pretty good with the guy at the beginning, Little Gil. He does get outdone by Justin, who rules, just through the entire film. <laughs> Justin running into things. Yeah. Great stuff. He, he likes to butt things with his head. How proud you must Great be. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Give me a Justin sequel. Oh, mate. That right, right at the start when he's eating the, the stickers off the sheet. Slow down, Justin. I'll get you some dip. <laughs> it's great stuff. I wonder what that- So, that kid would- He would be older than me now. Still eating glue. <laughs> you know who we haven't really spoken about yet is Kanunu. Yes, Bill or Ted. I'm going to go out and say something. This is Kanunu's best performance. Okay, that's incorrect, but he is good. Here's the thing for me. He's not a great actor. He's never been a great actor. And in most things he does, he's terrible. <laughs> I absolutely disagree with that. Do you? No. Absolutely. Way. I'm. Oh, mate, I'm a, I'm a Keanu fan. I, I rate Keanu. No. Kick-ass. Just a kick-ass movie star, Keanu Reeves. What, what do you- I mean, I think he seems like a pretty awesome dude. I just, like, he's not the guy you're going to cast in a serious film. <sighs> Mate, I ride for Keanu. <laughs> you and Keanu ride or die? Absolutely. <laughs> you all about the lake house? <laughs> Look, haven't seen the lake house. Um, what, what I do find interesting is, is like, wow, it's, it's actually- It's a leap from this to point break in two years. Yeah, yeah, he's like, very much a playing real, a kid here. That's a real leap. Yeah, yeah. He's very much playing like a kid here. So, yeah, to to go from that, to, yeah, it is. It is. I just think he's great in this film. I love when he's just talking with Diane Weiss and he has that line about how, you know, you need a license to catch a fish, you know, but they'll let any any jerk what be a parent. That line has always stuck with me. Like it's it's so true. It's such it's such a good point. Yeah. Makes me think of Starship Troopers where they're talking about needing it's so much easier to have a license if you're a citizen. And it's like, which at the time I probably thought is a joke. And of course, like, yeah, it's not meant to be that. And I was like, yeah, maybe, you know what? If I, in my um, benevolent dictatorship, I think maybe I would do that. You'd be running Gilead. <laughs> It's a tough line. Like, when you start telling people who can and can't have kids, I think- I don't know, man. (laughs) But- There's things things where I think it gets murky. Oh, yeah. Having said that, (laughs) I think I'm pro. (laughs) Yeah, I just- I love that line. And his delivery of that whole scene when he's- after he's had that conversation with Gary is just great. I, I do think that our main couple should probably stop fighting- the the idea that that their eldest needs therapy this the like when you when your kid says hubba hubba <laughs> to mum 
<laughs> Alarm bells are ringing, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I mean, the kid clearly needs therapy. But it was 80. It was 89. And also to not be in movies. It was 89. Like, kids yet alone, like, regular people didn't have therapy back then unless something was very, very wrong. Like, even- That's, Yeah, it was- It would have been taboo in 89. It's, it's still a stigma today. <laughs> like, it, with people from a certain generation, you don't want to say that you're in therapy. <laughs> um, but it's no wonder that the kid needs therapy, because can you think of anything worse than your dad coaching Little League? <laughs> oh, jeez, that'd suck. Wouldn't it just- Like, even if you had a cool dad- it would suck. It's bad if you're really good, because then it's even if you are good, well, you only get to play that position because your dad's the coach. That's and right. And it's bad if you're horrible because, well, we see. Yeah, that's right. The only thing I can think of that might be worse is going to a school where your parent is a teacher. Biology teacher. Dud date. <laughs> These people are in their 40s <laughs> and he takes her to a carnival. Mate, that's really? The, that's absolutely the kind of thing I would do. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Did I ever tell a you about the time? Did for I ever a tell middle-aged you, person? Did I ever tell you about the time? Maybe three years ago, when so early fifties, <laughs> when I had I had a shoot on the Gold Coast and it wrapped quite early. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Movie World. So I went to Movie World by myself for the day. It was the best day ever. <laughs> Movie World's not even a good theme park, mate. I would absolutely, as a 40-plus-year-old, take a, take someone on a date to a carnival. It's a winning If move. I was told that that was where the date was, I would find a way. I'd make an excuse. I would not go to that date. I'm, I'm gonna and if, if I didn't know ahead of time and that's how, and that's what happened, I'd find a way to go home nah, real I'm gonna, early. I'm going to put a poll up. Would you enjoy a date at a carnival? I will bet you that yes wins easily. It may well. Um, we know. I mean, you know my thoughts on democracy. <laughs> it's got a dodgy track record. <laughs> uh, really once does. again, my my benevolent dictatorship will fix everything. <laughs> oh, here's another thing that dates this film: smoking in hospital. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Remember when that was a thing? No, no, I don't. You don't. I feel like I do. I certainly remember when smoking was allowed, like, in restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah, not hospital. Come on, don't <laughs> smoke in hospital, people. <laughs> Jesus. So, if you could pick any parent from this film to be your real-life parent when oh, you were a Gil. kid. Oh, Gil. Gil, Steve Martin. I've always wanted Steve Martin to be my dad because of this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, a- apart from coaching Little League, which is a dud move- I, I, I love him in this film. I think he plays the role so perfectly. Dressing up as the cowboy is one of the more heroic things oh. ever in a film. Yeah. Yeah. Would you do that for your daughter? Absolutely not. I'd be like, you know what? They couldn't come. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. And it's because of this film that I would. Because, you know, not only do I want Steve Martin as a dad, I, I want- you know, I aspire to be him. Like, he's a real role model to me in this film. Yeah. Do you aspire to be a real dick to your wife when she tells you she's pregnant? <laughs> um, 
tell her how hard men have it when when you found out she's pregnant. Look, I mean, you've only had one. <laughs> you like you reach a point where you really, really, really don't want anymore. If my wife told me tomorrow she was pregnant, I think we would both be being dicks to each other. Firstly, because I've had the snip now, so I'd be like, "Well, how the hell did this happen?" <laughs> <laughs> You want Gil as a parent. Which parent Which parent are you? I, I mean, I like to think that I'm Gil. Of course you do. I probably am, to be honest, because he's got a bit of the same worry that I have as well. Like, I, I'm an interesting person because I- <laughs> If you do say so. <laughs> no, no, no. What I mean is personality-wise, I didn't use interesting in a good way. <laughs> because I- and I think even you know this about me. Like, I can be very easygoing in a lot of ways and yet extremely stressed out in many as well, which I think I think Gil is too. So, yeah, that's definitely me. Mm-hmm. What about you for both questions? You know, I mean, you don't have to worry about making partner at least. Well, I d- no, no. <laughs> It'll never happen. You just do a lot of blow. Um <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know which parent I am like because I haven't been doing it for long enough. Um, who do, I don't know who I most want to be. I can tell you the person that I have the most admiration for is Diane Weist. Yeah, yeah. She, do, she does a pretty great job. And it's, you know, I knew a lot of, like a lot of my friends growing up were children of single mothers. And you really do get a huge admiration for them. Like, and, you know, a lot of those kids- were some of the best kids I knew. Like, mm. they were brought up so well. Like, it- Yeah. So, it sounds like I might have been on the right track here. This is certainly the most positively you've spoken about any of my throwback choices ever. <laughs> certainly in a very long time. I'm predicting that you're still around a six, though. Let's hear it. Where are you? Look, there's uh, there's plenty of good stuff in this film. It is, it is, it is funny. Um there's good life lessons in it, like men are scum. <laughs> um, there's people who are good at sport are superior. Another good life lesson. Um, look, I enjoy it. I don't have a Billy level of love for it. I'm a, I'm a solid six out of ten. I think yeah, it's an above average six. film. I liked it. <laughs> I'm an eight. I'm an eight. Um, very nearly a nine. Very nearly. But, yeah, I do think that there- it, it hasn't aged- as well as it could. I mean, I still think it's pretty great, but yeah, eight out of ten. All right. What are we getting to next week? Should we get our highbrow on and watch Minari? Let's do it. Let's be fancy. I like when we get fancy. <laughs> fancy? <laughs> yeah, and by fancy, I mean I'm going to get some uh, Korean chicken and beer and <laughs> watch Minari. <laughs> I don't. I, don't I, I think you're confusing fancy and casual racism. <laughs> I'm not being racist. I'm embracing the culture. <laughs> yeah, I think let's get our fancy on. I like. I like when we do that. All right. Cool. I'm really keen for that, and I believe that's showing at our local Dendy Cinema as well. So let's stop on by there for a visit. Alrighty. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. (laughs) You're cutting that out. Nobody's going to get that. (laughs)